This episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by Inside Tracker. For 20% off your next Inside Tracker purchase, visit insidetracker.com slash fitcookie or the link in the show notes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I am your host, Holly Samuel, and I am the registered dietitian, personal trainer, and master of health education and eating disorders behind Fit Cookie Nutrition and the Fit Cookie Nutrition podcast. Welcome to the show today. Today, we have a very special guest, um, Neely Spence Gracie, who you may know as a professional runner. Um, she also has a lot of other titles that we learn about today, like author. Her new book, Breakthrough Women's Running, is out, and we talk quite a bit about that book. Uh, she's also a mom, a wife, and so many more things. And today's episode is really special because we just kind of dive into a topic that I feel I don't cover a ton as a brand. Um, you know, I I cover a lot of nutrition topics as it pertains to runners. Um, but something I've been trying to focus more on is pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, what this means nutritionally, how this affects like the woman's, you know, physiology and body and how strength training and different training tactics and mindsets might be able to help. And Neely really helps us dive into the topic today of just running and motherhood and things that she's learned along the way. Her book, Breakthrough in Women's Running, does a really great job um, diving into this topic from a personal level, but she also brings in experts um, in different realms like female hormone health and sports nutrition. Um, So she just does a really nice job talking about this um, in her book. So we talk a lot about these topics. Um, My intern, Emily, um, actually introduced and connected us, which we talk about in the episode. And Emily was in particular very interested in the topic of like women's health and pregnancy and postpartum in runners. Um, This is something that she personally had a lot of interest in. So we've been doing a great job here trying to branch out and talk more about these topics. So that is what we do today with Neely. And without further ado, let's chat with Neely on today's episode. Well, hi, Neely. It's so nice to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm super pumped to get to chat with you. Yeah, me too. I always like to shout out um, my intern connected us, Emily. Um, So I was really appreciative of that. And she knew you through your run coaching business, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's been awesome having Emily as part of the team for a while now. Yeah, awesome. Well, we have a lot to talk about. And I know one of the reasons why, um, you know, I had kind of put Emily on the topic of, hey, who would be a good person to have on the podcast to talk about like, kind of running during pregnancy and postpartum. Um, And she, you know, thought of you for many reasons. And I'm excited to dive into that topic more today um, as someone who does not have kids and would selfishly like to learn more about what's coming for me eventually myself. Um, but first, congratulations on your like recent races. You got, you've been crushing it at like Steamboat this past weekend. And then also you did Boulder Boulder a few weeks ago. So congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I kind of was like, well, I haven't raced in over two years, so why not race twice in one week and uh, just rip the bandaid off? (laughs) It was pretty fun. Um, I realized how much I really missed that piece that has been missing for a while. So it it was pretty, pretty special week. Um, And now I'm, I just took like a little break from running since Steamboat and I'm just going to reset here and take the rest of the month pretty chill and easy. Oh, nice. I love to hear that we can go hard, but then we recover hard too. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I want to get into those races, but first I don't want to skip my, my introduction here. So if you could just tell everyone who you are and where you call home, um, or live and then what you do. Yeah. Well, my name is Neely and I am living in Lafayette, which is outside of Boulder, Colorado. We've been here for about five years in this area, Um, and then we've been in Colorado a total of seven years. Um, My husband, Dylan, um, is my coach, as well as my uh, 
support system. Um, and then I'm a mom to two boys, Athens, who is almost four and Rome, who is almost one. And I'm a runner. I train, um, you know, for distance running, anything from like the 5k to the marathon is kind of my jam. Um, and so right now my goal that I'm kind of working towards is the 2024 Olympic trials, uh, and qualifying for my fourth Olympic trials. Um, so that's my approach, um, and my goal with that. And I am a run coach and I have my own business called get running. And I have been, um, doing that since 2013. So about nine years. Wow. That's awesome. And so much has probably changed in nine years too. Yes. Still going strong. <laughs> it has, it's been so fun because I first started with like a couple Facebook friends. Um, and now we have over a hundred athletes. So it's really exciting to see that growth, um, and just have the opportunity to use my passion, um, and kind of my background. Um, I went to college to be a coach and so this is something that I knew I wanted to do. Um, and so just being able to reach out and help others work towards their goals. And then I guess the last thing, um, the last hat I kind of wear is I, I just uh, published a book. Um, and so author is kind of like my newest hat. Um, and that kind of is a continuation from the coaching thing where it's like, I love working with athletes, but of course there's only one me. Um, and I have two assistant coaches who help me. Um, but I, I was really looking for ways to be able to get information and, um, you know, resources out to an even larger audience when it comes to, uh, running and specifically female running. Um, and so the book is called breakthrough women's running, and that's exactly what, it's all about. So yeah, it's, it's been a really exciting time. Yeah. I have it right here next to me. Um, I was going to say, if you didn't mention your book, I was going to do that for you. Uh, cause author is a pretty cool title, but, um, yeah, we have so much to talk about. Your book is just, it's so good. Um, when I was reading it, I was like parts of it and this isn't to toot my own horror. I just find you relatable. I was like, I feel like I wrote part of this. Like, this is just, it's so relatable. Um, and I'm really excited to dive into that because I agree. I think it's going to help a lot of people, um, who get their hands on it. So yeah, I mean, in terms of just kind of starting, um, at the most recent events, I saw one of your Instagram posts after Boulder, Boulder, just going through like the race logistics and how they might look different. Um, having, your two kids now compared to before. Um, so can you just like dive right in and talk a little bit about like what's different racing now, you know, post kids versus what it was like, you know, maybe nine years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I think the better question is kind of what is the same? Um, yeah. because there's very little <laughs> that is the same. The running um, part. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The running part is about the only same. Um, and even that I feel like looks a little bit different. Um, because you know, like my body has grown and fed two children, um, over the course of the last five years. Um, and I never really had an opportunity to get back, um, to training to the full extent in between, uh, kids, um, mostly because I had an injury, uh, following my pregnancy with Athens. Um, and then I was just starting to get back into it. Um, I was able to qualify for the Olympic trials, but that wasn't necessarily like, you know, the best race I've ever had in my life. Um, and training was pretty minimal, um, and reduced compared to what I was used to doing, um, pre-kids and then the pandemic hit and then I got pregnant again. So it's really been like a five year, um, maternity leave in a way, uh, since I was racing on a circuit and kind of like sponsored and consistently, you know, performing at a high level. Um, so my last training cycle was 2017. Um, and then I, you know, kind of shifted gears. So it's been a really long time. So I was even trying to remember like, what did racing look like before <laughs> I had kids? Because my life has changed in so many ways. 
Um, but you know, when I was training in 2017, like I was a paid professional athlete and that was my main focus. And that's what, you know, I woke up thinking about It's what I went to bed thinking about. And that mentality has shifted so much. Um, you know, I go to bed thinking about my kids. I wake up thinking about my kids and, you know, what the day is going to look like with them. Um, my running is like a very important aspect of my day, but you know, even the best runners are only running like two hours a day, you know? So for me, um, you know, whatever that run looks like, it's still only a very small chunk of the rest of the day. And instead of focusing so much on that run and then preparing for the run and recovering from the run and prepping for the next run. Um, and that being my focus, it's kind of like I go in, I run and then I switch hats and I kind of forget about the run and I move on to all the other things that I have going on throughout the day. Um, and so I felt like the race was kind of similar to that where I woke up in the morning and like, my thought was so focused on, okay, what do the kids need? so that we can get out the door at 545 so that we can get to the start line, pick up our bibs, um, you know, and make all the logistics happen that need to happen. Um, you know, so that both my husband and I could race and our kids could be, you know, happy and content. Um, so, you know, I'm charging the iPad and I'm get collecting all the snacks and I'm making sure we have enough diapers and wipes and, you know, it was kind of an afterthought to grab my stuff um, and get out the door. Uh, and, you know, my warm up was not at all how it typically would look for me. Um, you know, it was just, you know, I, I'm usually very dialed in with how many minutes out from the race I'm going to start my warm up and then I'm going to do, you know, six strides and I'm going to do this many minutes of drills. And it was like I did one stride. Um, you know, I warmed up for about the time that I had available. Um, I headed to the start line and I was just happy that I ran into a friend along the way so that I could just focus on chit chatting with them. And like, I didn't have to think about like the race really. And like the nerves that were kind of starting to pop up. Um, because yes, uh, even though I've done this for a long time, I still get nervous. <laughs> That's fabulous. And I love like, the, the logistics of making it work for both you and your husband, because he raced too. Um, and I saw like one of a, your posts about how he kind of went after like the faster field started and kind of, you guys made it work so that the children were always, you know, supervised and taken care of. So, um, that's fabulous. How do you guys like go about just planning that and kind of adjusting your schedules to prioritize each other's goals and needs? He kind of took one for the team that day, um, recognizing that he could get a hard effort out of the race, kind of regardless as to whether or not he started in the A wave, where for me, it was a, a little bit more important to start in the competitive wave um, so that I could match up and kind of see where I was at. Um, so, you know, we ended up like not having childcare and it was one of those where it was a last minute, like, well, like, we're just going to figure this out. Um, and we were able to plan a meeting spot so that he could have the stroller. And I mean, as soon as I finished the race, my thoughts switched to, okay, I have to go find the kids so that he can, um, you know, run to the start line and get in his race. And so I kind of finished, I said, good job to Laura Thweet who had won and she's a pro runner who she and I have raced, you know, many times over the years. And so that was really fun to kind of get to be back, uh, in a race with her. And so I said, good job. And then I just kept running and I ran up through the stadium and around and, you know, went to my meeting spot. He was taking his last gel, tying his shoes, putting his bin up bib on, and he was out. Um, so it looked very different than, you know, a structured cool down and, you know, press and all kinds of things that like typically, you know, I would have done after a race. Um, and then I hadn't fed Rome since we left the house. So I was like, all right, you know, it's been coming up on three hours. He's going to start to be hungry. So I just sat on the sidewalk and like nursed him while we watched the banana costumes run by and it was pretty fun. So we had a really good time with it. It was such a fun day. And Athens, who was almost four, he was like, when I'm six, I'm going to run Boulder Boulder. And I was like, 
that's a really long way for a six-year-old, but maybe, maybe we can do it. Like, we'll see. So that was really cute that he actually was really excited to be there at the race. Um, and then we ran to the playground and he got to play for a half an hour before we headed home and they both fell asleep in the car on the way home. And it was, you know, it was a great Memorial day and it was, it was super fun. And I really, I can't imagine it being any more fulfilling than what it was. Oh my gosh. Well, what motivation to go as fast as you can during the race. Um, and then also I love like the contrast of like cool down before was very structured and like you know, you, you kind of knew exactly what you're going to do and cool down this time involved, like sprinting around a stadium, nursing and banana costumes. Um, so it's fabulous. Um, and just on like, I know you're not like a lactation consultant, but just on, you know, breastfeeding and pumping and just trying to figure out the logistics of that around your running and around your races, as much as you'd like to share, like, what do you have any tips for this? Like what's been the most helpful for you to figure out some sort of schedule so that you can still, like you said, kind of switch on and off from like mob mode to runner mode. Yeah. Well, I think that the hardest part obviously is, um, you know, if you're gone for an extended time and I'm fortunate that I have not had to deal with that, um, at this point yet. And so, you know, obviously that's a lot more tricky if you're traveling for a race and your kids aren't coming with you, um, or if you have to travel for work or, um, you know, other related things that, uh, kids are not involved. And so is it involves pumping every three hours and that would be extremely challenging. I mean, I know there's so many moms who do that. Um, but for me, I would say the number one thing I've learned with training is hydration. That is the biggest, most important thing for me. Um, I'm always drinking fluids and I have at least one bottle of electrolytes daily. Um, and that has been really essential for me. Um, if I run more than like 75 minutes, I always carry fluids with me. Um, because I find that that will kind of deplete my milk stores, um, because I start to get a little bit dehydrated. Um, for like long runs, I started running with a hydration vest, which I never would have thought I would do um, pre-kids, but I have a hydration vest that has 30 ounces and every long run I get in all my fluids. Um, and that has been really essential. Um, I never go into a run on empty. I always eat, uh, before I head out. Um, even if it's just a banana or a piece of toast, um, a honey singer waffle, those are kind of my three go-tos. Um, and that is something that I find to be really important. Um, like eating right before, you know, within an hour before I head out, uh, has really helped me. And when it came to like the race day logistics, um, you know, I'm fortunate that Rome is almost one. And so he can eat actual food now. Um, so, you know, before I used to leave a bottle and make sure that like he would have milk and everything. Um, but now it's like, we can just take a pouch or some cut up strawberries and he'll, he'll be fine for a little extra long. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, racing wise, you know, it was just, I wanted to make sure that I fed him right before I headed out. And then I fed him, you know, kind of right after I finished and I did the same thing at steamboat. Um, and it worked just fine. Um, he was, he was perfectly content, um, to have, you know, those two feedings, um, and, you know, he was able to survive in between because he can actually eat food. <laughs> Totally. I just, it's such an interesting conversation because like, you know, we, I, I, and as a dietitian, I love what you said about the nutrition aspect. I think that's so important. And I want everyone listening who thinks like, oh, I'll never wear a hydration vest. It's too heavy to think that this, you know, professional, very fast athlete and mom, you know, kind of abides by that. Um, and it, and it works out just fine for you. Um, but yeah, I think it's so funny, like, you know, men going into races may have some things to think about, but then women, it's like, okay, where am I at in my cycle? Like, what do I have to do to keep my kid fed, you know, breastfeeding and just all of these other moving parts. So I love that you make that work. And then also totally crush like your races. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't impact performance. It just, um, you know, is another part of your life now. Um, 
Yeah. It just adds to, you know, the scheduling of the day. And as a mom, like pre-kids, I was very into like my schedule and my routine and like, you know, making sure I was pretty like locked into what was going on. And I kind of had like a forward thought out plan, um, as to how I was going to get in what was, you know, on my plate for the day. Um, but that's like a whole new level when you're a mom and it's kind of, uh, you know, you have to predict, um, a lot of what's going to happen, um, to help kind of prevent, uh, escalation from occurring. And so making sure that I think through, you know, okay, I have to have not only my water bottle, but the water for the kids. And I need to make sure that I have snacks for them. And I need to make sure that I have enough diapers and an extra pair of clothes because things happen. And, you know, it's like, just goes on and on and on. Um, and so it's, it's definitely important. Um, and that's, you know, a big part of, I feel like what I do as a mom is I'm always trying to think like a couple steps ahead. So that way I can be prepared for, you know, whatever kind of gets thrown at us on the day. I wanted to take a minute to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Inside Tracker. Whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, and chances are if you're listening, you probably do at least one of those, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go that extra mile. It probably runs through your veins and you just can't help yourself. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build your endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. It's created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. And using all of that, Inside Tracker helps you identify whether you are optimized or not in your blood work, DNA, or other fitness tracking data. You're going to get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation recommendations for your unique body, depending on what your results are. Their motto is test, don't guess, which I love. Because if you've learned anything from listening to me, if you ask me a question about a supplement, about a nutrition recommendation, I'm probably going to say it depends. And Inside Tracker helps us identify whether or not things are a good idea for you specifically, depending on what is going on under the hood, if you will, of your body. When you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you can also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout, which is kind of like having your own coach in your pocket, which is pretty cool. For a limited time, Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast subscribers can get 20% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash fit cookie, which is linked in the show notes. You guys, I love Inside Tracker. I've been using it on myself personally and with my clients for years. Um, and I highly recommend testing your blood work every three to six months because our health is really a moving target. And this helps us understand, you know, how we can be doing better in different seasons of life. Now let's get back to today's episode. So in your book that, you know, just came out, you talk a lot about, um, you know, taking care of yourself so that you can then take care of others in a couple different pillars, like fueling your body, making your body strong, and then just being like flexible with your training, um, you know, during and after pregnancy specifically is where you focus. So like, if we can just start with, um, like the fueling aspect, what have you learned? Like you said before, on addition to like the hydration vest and just drinking a lot of water and then also eating pre-run, can you add anything to that in terms of like where you're at now, um, with fueling your body to take care of yourself postpartum? Yeah. Well, again, this kind of comes into like planning ahead um, because, you know, so much of fueling is uh, comes from making sure that you've kind of thought things through <laughs> and that you've uh, planned accordingly. And so, you know, fortunately, um, because of having kids, I pretty much run from my front door every day. So when I get home, like I have food ready and, you know, I have access to it. Um, but I remember, you know, pre-kids, I used to like drive, um, to go to different places to run. And sometimes I wouldn't take stuff along for after. Um, and now I know better and I know that it's really essential and important for me to, you know, as soon as I finish up my run, um, kind of start figuring out how I'm going to recover from that run. And, uh, you know, getting in some solid fuel is a really key component to that. Um, and I would say another thing, um, when it comes to, 
like focusing on myself. And, um, I think that having like a very locked in routine for me is really helpful. I start my run, you know, pretty much every morning between seven and eight. Um, and that's just like, that's my time to run. That's, uh, how I set it up and structure my, the rest of my day. Um, and so, you know, knowing that we go to bed between nine and 10, um, so that there's enough hours to sleep before we're waking up between five and six so that we can get out the door. Um, and so for me, uh, I find that just knowing that routine, my body actually really responds to recognizing like, this is my schedule. This is what I do. This is when I need to be prepared to work for you. Um, and because my body appreciates the routine that I have kind of established for it, I feel like I'm able to get more out of myself, even if I have a poor night of sleep, even if, you know, things aren't lining up in, you know, the most ideal situation, um, which tends to happen pretty frequently with two kids. Uh, it's, it's definitely helpful to be like, you know what, I've controlled what I can. And that is my routine. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think, um, I think that's important, you know, no matter who you are and then adding like the family or just, you know, things coming out of the left field, um, side of it on top of things, it just feels, it helps you feel like more equipped, um, to handle that. And, um, in terms of like those nights, maybe where you don't get as good sleep or things happen, um, like what have you learned about being flexible with your training since having kids? Yeah. So like I kind of mentioned earlier, I, uh, had Athens in 2018 and I was super cautious for the first six months. Um, I wasn't able to run a lot during my pregnancy with him. And so I knew that I was kind of starting from ground zero and needed to like really be patient, um, and cautious as I rebuilt. So I was really cautious, um, and erred on the side of conservative for those first six months. And then I hit six months and I was like, I'm ready to go. Like mentally, I am pumped about this. And physically, my body was like, no, 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 you are not ready to go. Um, and I kind of just started like a downward spiral because emotionally, I really wanted it. And so I was trying to force it. Um, you know, I was still sponsored at the time I was working with a high profile coach and I was like, I really, I, I want to be good. Like I want to be successful again. Um, and I also, you know, have people in my corner who I don't want to disappoint. Um, and what I needed to do was probably spend another six months keeping things really controlled and slow and relaxed. Um, and I just overdid it. I ended up fracturing my femur, um, and then had to take, you know, 12 weeks off, um, before I was able to even start rebuilding. And so it was, you know, just added to a prolonged, um, recovery for me. And, that was something that whenever I found out I was pregnant with Rome, I was like, all right, I am not going to force anything that first year. I am going to just have fun with it because I felt like I was so stressed about trying to get back to that fitness. Um, and you know, I'd seen other moms do it and I was like, I know that it's possible. I know that you can have a baby and you can come back and run PRs. Um, but I totally still believe that a hundred percent. I just know that for me, who I am and the level of um, parenting that I do, um, it was important for me this first year to make that the main priority and to have running be, um, you know, very low pressure uh, and low stress. And so it's actually been really fun coming back this time, um, to, you know, recognizing that we're now done having kids. Um, I'm able to start setting goals for myself. Um, and I also have like such a better perspective because, you know, it took me two years, but I was able to get that fitness to come around, um, post Athens, uh, you know, despite, you know, the little injury hiccup there, um, in that first year. And so this time around, I'm like, 
have so much more confidence in myself and knowing that, you know, it'll happen. Um, and I feel like removing the pressure has actually allowed it to happen a lot quicker, um, than it did the first time. It certainly seems that way. And I think that's a really good way to approach it. And something too, I think I heard you on a different podcast, talk about just like, um, you know, how you got pregnant with Rome and how it was like a total surprise and unplanned. And I think that just kind of speaks to being flexible with your training and with like your timeline of things, um, because you're kind of forced into it. So I love that you kind of just were able to shift your mindset and say, okay, we're going to think about it maybe a little differently this time and that it's working out super well for you as well. You know, obviously that was like a little bit of a wrench in my plans. Cause I had this like, okay, you know what? My pregnancy with Athens was so hard. My recovery with Athens was so hard. Um, and so the next time we have a baby, I don't want to plan to come back to professional level running after I want to just remove that stress entirely. Um, so I had this like five-year plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to go through the 2024 Olympic trials. I'm going to like commit all in. Um, and then when I found out I was pregnant with Rome, it was like, well, that is not what you're going to be doing. But on the, on the other side of that, it's like, I don't have to cap it. I have, as long as I want to pursue running at whatever level I want to pursue it, um, for my future. And so that's actually like really exciting to me. Um, especially with kind of where female distance running is at the moment. Um, you know, when I'm looking at people like Sarah Hall and Sarah Vaughn and, um, Carrie D'Amato who, you know, are moms and they're approaching their late thirties and they're crushing and they're running better than they ever have before. Um, and so that's like super inspiring to me. And it's also really nice because I feel like it removed the pressure of having to pick the right time to get pregnant. Um, and recognizing that there's never a right time. Um, there's always going to be something that we want to do or something that, um, you know, kind of puts the doubt into our mind that maybe it's not quite the right time. Um, or we're all in and we're trying and trying and trying and the pressure and stress of that, um, can prevent pregnancy from happening. And so I do feel in a way that I was, um, super blessed with how everything worked out. And, um, I, I, wasn't the plan that I chose for myself, but it is a very good plan. And I'm very pleased with how it's all worked out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, thank you for bringing that up. And I, this is like the part of your book that I was reading that I was like, oh, this is exactly like what I need to hear and like when I need to hear it. Um, so hopefully people out there listening to this are feeling the same way, but yeah, I mean, as someone without kids currently, but like, I would like kids in the future and I am a runner and I, you know, have my own business and a whole career. And I'm just like, well, you know, when's there a good time? Is there going to be like this bookend of like my athletic career? So I love that you're talking about this. Um, and I love all the role models out there who are starting to really, you know, crush it and exemplify this for everyone who's in that space. Um, because I think whether you're a professional runner or just a recreational runner, we can struggle, you know, with this because kids come with, you know, body changes and relationship changes and lifestyle changes. And a lot of it is unknown and maybe you can plan it, but probably not, you know, um, we don't really know what we're in control of. So, I mean, what would your advice be to like another mother runner, um, who is like expecting their first child or for someone who's thinking about starting to grow their family? Yeah. I think that my best advice is that it's going to be your own journey. Um, you know, it's, it's hard because we like look at, um, what everyone else is kind of doing. And we have that opportunity now because of social media, um, where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like that didn't exist. Uh, and so we yeah. didn't have that same like daily insight into like what they're doing. Um, but I think that it's really important to recognize, like, you have to listen to your body. Everyone's journey is going to be a little different. Um, but be aware that you are not alone in the journey that you have. Um, that there are other people who couldn't run during their pregnancies. There are other people that ran every day of their pregnancies. I had two very different pregnancies. Um, and I know that other people have had the same. Um, 
And then with the recovery aspect, it's like, you know, I think that it's more is like less is more um, early on and that, you know, finding other ways to um, build the support system as a mother runner is so important. So, you know, bringing in a coach who is a mom who has been through it, um, who can help you, um, bringing in a pelvic floor PT who can help you make sure that your body is strong enough and able to handle, um, the pounding and the impact that, you know, training for a marathon or a running race, um, you know, requires, and then also having like mom friends and mother runner friends um, has been so helpful to me because parenting can be really lonely. Um, motherhood can feel uh, kind of lonely and overwhelming. And uh, the biggest thing that I've learned is I start talking and all of a sudden I realize that all the thoughts that I'm having and all the experiences that I'm feeling um, and, you know, the, the sense of like being overwhelmed, uh, is actually really normal. And a lot of other people have felt this exact same way. Um, and so I joined whenever I had Athens, I joined mops, which is moms of preschoolers. And that support group was like, so incredibly helpful. And it was just a bunch of moms. We met up twice a month and had brunch and we chit chatted and we did crafts and we had guest speakers who talked about different topics associated with having kids. And I found that, um, for me, it has been so incredibly important to have like those networks of support, um, just so that when I hit rough patches, um, I'm able to talk about it and realize that like, I'm by far not alone in it. Um, and, I've had some really great advice uh, from people who have, you know, gone through it ahead of me who, you know, can kind of relate and share what has worked well for them. Yeah. Building your own support system sounds really key. And just like even going from, you know, first kid to second kid, like, do you have any advice for someone who's making that transition too? And like, maybe what mistakes did you make? Um, you talked about this a little bit, but that, you know, you've felt like you built off of, um, after having Rome? Yeah. So, you know, I feel like after having one, the biggest thing was the lifestyle change, right? Because you go from having no kids to one kid and all of a sudden, like you have to be home for the morning nap and the afternoon nap, which means that you can't actually go anywhere in between the naps because they will fall asleep in the car. And then what do you do after that? Um, and so, and being like a working mom, I tend to try and do a lot of work while they're napping. And so I really rely on those naps um, to get stuff done, whether it be stuff around the house or calls or podcasts like right now, um, where, you know, I have the baby monitor set up and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Like, let's maximize the time that I have available. Um and so that like, that was all an adjustment with the first one because it's kind of figuring out, oh, okay. Like my life has changed. What does my new life look like now? Um, the second one that was way easier because we were already in that lifestyle. We were already in the routine that, you know, 6 PM is late. We eat dinner at four 30 so that we can be home and like get baths and get organized and get everyone into bed. Um, and you know, it, it, it just, our life had, was in that spot already. Um, but with the second one, the hardest part is that someone always needs something. And so I'm always pulled in one direction or the other. Um, and, you know, lo logistically things get a lot more challenging. Um, you know, trying to get two kids in and out of the car is like a whole endeavor in itself. Um, and, you know, I remember, right after Rome was born, he was like two weeks old. Um, like both kids were just crying and I burst into tears. And that's when I looked at Dylan and was like, you need to call and make your appointment right now because we are done. I am not doing this again. <laughs> like, and also I need a glass of wine. And also I need some ice cream right now. <laughs> like, because <laughs> And uh, we laugh about that moment quite a bit. Um, but the thing that I've learned with the second kid is and uh, this is something that I actually read, um, but it was 
like kind of a metaphor. Um, and it was like, buy the cut fruit. And essentially like, it doesn't mean you always have to buy the cut fruit, but it means that just take an easier route. If there is a possibility for you to make your life a little bit easier, do it. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really good because why do I try to make my life harder if there's an easier option? Um, and so that has been something that I've like embraced a lot more. Um, like we started doing HelloFresh and it's like, I get three meals a week. And guess what? I order the four person meals because I have to cut up stuff and make them anyways. But then we have leftovers, which is great. So, um, you know, that has been something that I've like started incorporating into our weekly routine because that just makes life a little bit easier for me. Um, you know, I, when Athens was little, um, right around Rome's age, actually, I started doing Instacart so that I could order my groceries and have them delivered. So I didn't have to go to the grocery store with the kids. Um, and I, uh, I think that the other thing is I, I don't get so caught up on like the structure of, okay, this is what I have to do today. It's kind of like, okay, my main goal is kids are healthy, happy, alive, and well. Um, and then I get my run in and then I have time to do my coaching, whether that is during nap time in the morning before the kids wake up at night, after the kids go to bed, I will fit it in. I will find the time. Um, I will stay up until midnight if that's what it takes, because that is an important, um, priority for me for the day. And the rest of it is kind of like, you know what, if it happens, it happens. If my house is a mess, if I don't get to the laundry, um, you know what, it's, it's gonna like life will go on. Um, and so I think kind of, reducing some of like the perfectionism that I used to have in my life and like the type A personality of like, this is my list and I must check it all off. Um, and it's like, you know what, actually it's, it's going to be fine. Um, and so that's something that I've learned over time. That's fabulous. I'm like looking at my list next to me and I'm like, interesting. Um, <laughs> Life will go on. I promise. <laughs> yeah. I could check this off my list after we're done recording as long as the audio saves. Um, yeah. I think, I think like what you said was like trying to make your life easier if you can. And just as a dietitian, like buy the cut fruit. Oh, I say that all the time. Like that's amazing. Um, and one thing you mentioned, well, not just mentioned, but you talked about a lot in your book, um, is that you, you seem to have gotten like a lot better at just like asking for help as a way to kind of coordinate and make your life easier. Do you have any like advice for making that like an easier part of your process? Yeah. So, you know, we have a house cleaner who comes twice a month, um, which is awesome. And it is such such a great use of my money. <laughs> like every single time I'm like, this is the best day. I love it. Um, and it allows me to just do small things. Um, like I do the dishes, I do the laundry, I'll vacuum once a week. Um, but it's like, I don't have to get in there and clean the toilets and scrub the stove top and, you know, dust the baseboards, all of those things that just are so much more time consuming and exhausting. Um, and so that has been really helpful. Um, I, uh, after Rome was born, I did a meal train. And so I had friends who would drop meals off. Um, and that was so helpful. Um, and it was just so nice to like, okay, like I don't even have to think about buying groceries or prepping anything. And it's five o'clock and the doorbell rings and there's a hot meal ready to go. Um, and that was really beneficial. And that's probably like the best gift I could <laughs> say for anyone who has a baby, um, is like, just drop off a meal. Um, because that went such a long way and make a meal that like has leftovers that you can have for like two or three days after, um, which is like even better. Um, and I also found that, um, so Athens started school, uh, six weeks after Rome was born. Um, and so he goes to a preschool, um, and he went half days, uh, throughout the fall and then full days, um, just 
like the last two months. Um, and that has been huge. Uh, and not only has he thrived in that environment um, with the extra simulation and the socialization um, and the learning aspect, which has been incredible, but it's given me a really special time to spend with Rome um, that you know I took for granted with Athens uh, when it was just him and I. It was like, okay, we do all this cool stuff because it's just us and he's my buddy. Where with Rome, um, it's kind of like, if Athens is home, I'm just doing stuff with Athens and Rome is like, you know, kind of just in the way. Um, and <laughs> Athens is just mad at him all the time because he's wrecking whatever he's trying to do. Uh, and so I really enjoyed getting that like alone time, uh, with him and it allowed us to establish a little bit more of a routine, um, with the nap schedule, which then gave me more time to do what I needed to do. So, uh, that was really beneficial. Um, and then we have a babysitter who comes a few mornings a week to help with Rome. Um, and that has, you know, been really great because those are the mornings that I know I can get in a workout or I know that I can get in a longer run. Um, and so having that allows like my other days, whenever I'm pushing the stroller or I'm on the treadmill during a nap to be like, well, if I only got in three miles because Rome woke up during the treadmill run, or, you know, I had to push the stroller and I ran super slow, um, and I just wasn't feeling it. So I called it, you know, early or whatever, then it's fine. Cause I'm like, well, I know tomorrow I have the babysitter and I can get in like the training that I really want to get in that like, you know, is a, a set time for me. Um, and so having those little bits of, uh, breaks, um, and, you know, kind of knowing that I would have those windows, um, really allows me to be more present and enjoy being with the kids. I find whenever I don't have those windows, um, is when I start to get really stressed when I'm with them and I'm like trying to multitask and I'm trying to do my coaching while I'm watching the kids. And then we all just kind of get like cranky and upset. So I've kind of learned like, it's a lot better to really maximize the time and the windows and the opportunities that I have, um, instead of trying to just like do it all, but kind of poorly. Mm, yeah. So really kind of like almost, um, like chunking your time and trying to really focus on like one thing at a time. Um, do you have like a favorite thing about running now postpartum and just being a mom? Well, one thing that's actually been really fun is that Rome really likes the stroller. And so it's actually been really special to get to share so many miles with him. Um, you know, from the time that he was, uh, just a couple months old until, um, you know, now we've done hundreds of miles together. Uh, and that has actually been really fun for me. Um, one thing that I actually really enjoy as well is Athens school is only a mile from us. And so I often in the school year, I would run him over to school. Um, and it would be, you know, an eight minute jog, uh, over to school and I drop him off and then I just park the stroller and I continue my run from there. Um, and that was really fun and like special and like, I don't know, felt kind of unique, um, except for it's Boulder County. And so like half the parents <laughs> run their kids to school or bike them to school. So it's, uh, it, I felt very cool, but also like I was cool because everyone else was doing it too. Um, and then I would say, um, I also really cherish like the miles that I do have alone. Um, that has, I used to hate running alone. I would like super dread it. I would always try and find people to run with. Um, and it's been so fun. Like I, one of the things that I do that is actually kind of weird, I think, um, is I make phone calls while I'm running. And so I just put my phone on speaker and I like call my sisters, um, or I call my mom or I call my grandmother and, or like one of my best friends. And we'll just like have a conversation because that's my time whenever I'm like not interrupted by the kids. And like, it's, you know, a set time where I'm like, Oh, I have an hour and I can just like talk to an adult and like really enjoy this like conversation. Um, and so that's something I do on a lot of my runs, which I kind of get some weird looks <laughs> on the trail sometimes. And we were like, really? Like you're on speakerphone. Um, 
and I find I don't really like the talking on the phone with the headphones doesn't really work well. Um, like I'll listen to podcasts with headphones, but when I'm talking, it's actually like more clear, um, on the, on the speaker phone. Um, and then, like I said, you know, it gives me like those windows. Um, so since having kids, I only do one workout a week instead of two like harder sessions a week. Um, so I do one workout and a long run and that's, uh, like my two quality days instead of trying to fit in three quality days. Um, and a lot of that comes from like, you know, recognizing that I'm not sleeping as well. So I'm giving myself more recovery, but also, um, because, you know, I don't know what the schedule is going to be in that week. And so it's a lot easier to reschedule one workout than it is to try and like reschedule two workouts. Um, so usually I'll try on Tuesday for a workout. And if Tuesday doesn't work, then I'll try Wednesday. If Wednesday doesn't work, then I'll try Thursday, you know, and I have several days to kind of get in. Um, and I really love like embracing those days. So whenever it's like, you know, okay, today's the day and everything's going to fall into place and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to make it happen. Um, and I, I feel like that time is so much better spent. Um, I felt before I had kids, like there was so much wasted time. <laughs> and so, um, I really like the efficiency that I've been able to create, um, on those workout days. That's fabulous. And like, way to check yourself and keep your easy runs easy by like having to talk to someone. I think that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Very conversational. That's for sure. Conversational pace because I call grandma. She can vouch for me. I was talking the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I love that. And I, I think it's interesting too, how, like you said, you know, one kid maybe didn't like the stroller as much, but then the other one did. So you can kind of embrace like their different personalities in their mm -hmm. own unique way. Absolutely. It's been really fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of like, you know, your, your training and just, you know, how you've been giving yourself a lot of grace coming back from, um, pregnancy with your second and, you know, taking your time and having it really pay off. Like, you know, I know your, your major goal is to qualify for the Olympic trials in 2024. Um, you know, what kind of is next for you? Are you, do you have any specific like races on the calendar or anything that you're looking at specifically? Cause you've been showing up at all these races and, and crushing it. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, my competitors might hate me for saying this. Um, but I think that it's really important because I, like I said, I've embraced this kind of less is more mentality, um, throughout the past year. And I really took my time coming back. I took six weeks entirely, um, off after I had Rome. And then I slowly started back with like walking and then walk run and then just easy running. Um, and so I officially did strides starting in January, um, when Rome was six months old or six, almost seven months old. Um, so I started doing some strides and I started increasing my long run to over 10 miles. Um, and then throughout the spring, I was like really hesitant to put any actual like specific training together. Um, because I'm someone that if I put training on the calendar, if I don't get to it, I feel like I failed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was really enjoying just like, Oh, I feel good today. I'm going to do a little workout. Why not? Um, and just it being kind of sporadic, but about mid April, um, or early April, I guess I, uh, decided that for my birthday, I wanted to run 32 K which is 19.88 miles. Um, and my birthday is April 16th. So I was like, okay, I've done a couple 16 mile long runs now. Um, and I know I can do that. So that was like a fun little, like first goal, I guess. Um, and so I did that, uh, successfully a good friend of mine ran with me and it was so fulfilling and it was so much fun. Um, and it kind of got that like passion rolling again of like, okay, I want to set some more goals. Um, and so I got an auto a, um, entry into the Boulder Boulder, um, because I had run it in 2019 and this was the first like in-person race since then. Wow. Um, and so I know, and so, uh, we both Dylan and I, um, got this auto a, and we are like, you know what, might as well just sign up. Like, why not? Um, and so, uh, I actually signed myself up for the race successfully, um, because, 
the first time I decided to run the Boulder Boulder as a citizen um, and not in the pro field, I totally had never registered myself for a race. And they asked what pace I was going to run. And I thought they meant um, like overall pace. Uh, not pace per mile. So I put in my overall goal was to run like under 40 minutes, um, but they meant pace per mile. And so I was in like the slowest of Walker group. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. So that morning I'm like begging them to switch me to like a different wave and like so that I can start in the front. And it was so embarrassing. Um, and so I knew better this time. So I successfully registered both of us into the A wave. Um, and then I wrote out a four week training plan and I was like, okay, I have four workouts and four long runs that I want to get in before I hit the boulder boulder. Um, and I was successful in getting in three of those four weeks, um, because we got knocked down with, uh, one of the many kid germs. Um, and so we had to, uh, readjust one of those weeks. Um, and I was just happy to like get in a, a couple, like few miles for sanity. Um, but yeah, so I ended up, I, I, you know, went into it with not a lot of, um, expectation because I haven't raced in over two years and, I, all of my workouts had been pretty effort-based. Um, I had done like some two hundreds on the track, um, but you can't really like judge fitness off of two hundreds. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, I think, I think I can break 37 minutes. And so that was kind of my goal going in. And then I almost broke 35 minutes. Um, and so I was really pleased with that. And then I went into the half marathon and I was like, okay, I think I can run around an hour 20. Um, and I ended up running an hour 18. Um, and so I was like pleasantly surprised with both of those. Um, and I think that that really showed like, you can get pretty fit on effort-based workouts and good long runs. Um, and I focused on getting in the gym and like doing some strength training twice a week. And that was pretty much it. I, I just kind of ran easy in between. Um, and it was really inspiring for me to be like, huh, like, I know I've said this to my athletes and I know that I've told <laughs> them that like phase two training is actually like pretty fitness building. Um, but to actually see it transpire in like races for myself, um, was really cool. So to anyone out there, um, you know, effort-based training is great and you can hang in effort-based training phase for a really long time. Um, you know, phase two is something that you can kind of do until you decide you want to sign up for a race and you feel good and you're excited about it. Um, it's something that, you know, once you hit phase three, like you need to kind of pick a race, you can only handle phase three for so long. And then you got to taper in and kind of peak and do it. Um, but phase two, I mean, it was awesome. I actually really enjoyed it. So that was pretty fun. Um, so for me, I'm just taking June pretty chill. Um, and I am planning to start a marathon buildup in July. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm very excited about the, the possibility of chasing down that fourth OTQ. Um, and so that's my goal, but for now, I, um, I think that all of my races leading up to that are just going to be local, um, you know, kind of hard, uh, um, altitude races that, <laughs> don't necessarily tell you exactly what fitness you're in, but are, you know, a solid hard effort. And I think that's pretty much what I need. I don't think I'm going to mix stuff up too much. You know, this, this spring things went really smoothly and really well. And I think I'm going to stick to kind of that same mentality, um, moving forward. I love, I love the effort-based training and just like the less is more, um, kind of conversation. I think all of the races I've run where I'm like, I don't really know like pace, but like, I know what the effort feels like. And so that's just what I'm going to do. Like they're so much more fun. So I love that you're doing that at like a super elite level. And then, you know, it's giving you more flexibility to move forward. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up this episode? And I ask you the end of the podcast question in terms of just topics or, or any other advice that you have? Yeah. So I think that the one thing I just wanted to talk a little bit about was, um, like the two unique chapters that are in breakthrough women's running, because they're so tied into like our whole conversation today. And, um, the, the two are, um, a chapter focused on female athlete hormones. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I feel like is so important because not only is it tied to the nutrition side of it, um, but it's also tied to the pregnancy side, um, and the postpartum side. And so, um, you know, hormones are pretty much like, how we recover, how we, um, <laughs> like are, it's, it's so critical to the success that we can have or not have, um, as, as female runners. And so that is something that I feel like I was pretty passionate about whenever we were writing the book. Um, my co-author and I, um, felt that there was just not a lot of information regarding, um, you know, running with your period, um, period products for racing and training, um, you know, looking at, uh, how your hormones, um, can be impacted, you know, when you're on different types of birth control and how sometimes that can be beneficial and sometimes not. Um, and so I feel like that was something that, um, you know, I wanted to be able to get out there to more people was more information regarding, um, you know, you don't have to be upset about, uh, having a cycle and the importance of having a cycle so that you can maximize yourself as an athlete, um, and as a runner specifically. Um, and then with like the pregnancy and postpartum side of that, I, I think that, you know, whenever I had Athens, there was very little information out there regarding, um, you know, running during your pregnancy, how to get back to running after pregnancy. And I kind of went into it naively being like, okay, well, it's just like an injury. Like after an injury, you heal up and then you're fine and you start running again. Um, and there were so many more complicated things than that. Um, and in the past few years, like from the time I had Athens to having Rome, I actually feel like there's a lot more information out there. Um, but I wanted to make sure that like more and more women saw that. Um, and so those are, those are two things that I feel pretty strongly, um, that, you know, my book provides like the latest and like most up-to-date information. Um, and, you know, I hope that it can be a great resource for a lot of women out there who are, you know, in that, maybe, you know, wanting to maximize their fitness before they get pregnant or in the phase of wanting to get pregnant. And can I keep training during that time to I'm, you know, postpartum, how do I get back to running? Uh, and I think that, uh, those two chapters are going to be really beneficial and supportive. Um, so anyways, those, those are just like two things that I feel really strongly about. And so I just wanted to make sure that those topics were kind of thrown out there. Oh my gosh. I, those chapters in the book were so good. Like we need to have a whole nother podcast now. Um, I think the, the period talk to like, that was one of the chapters that I was like, Oh, like I relate to this so hard. Um, I talk about this really often on the podcast. If people are avid listeners, I'm sure they've watched or listened to like my race recaps the past, like two or three marathons I've done have been on like day one of my cycle. So I've had to figure out just the logistics of, you know, what to do. So you had like a list of like different products and what the pros are and what the cons are of using them and how they might be used. Um, and like you said, kind of how just the, the hormone situation is different in each phase of your cycle and what to expect and what to maybe plan for. Um, and I thought that was just such like a important part of the whole conversation. Um, so I really appreciate that you shared that in the book and then also on the episode, because it's, it's just, it's so important to talk about because, you know, otherwise none of us are going to know what to do <laughs> when it happens to us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I've been there. I've been so lost and confused and like, I don't know where to go or what to do um, in this situation. And so I think that, um, you know, the more conversations that can be had, the better. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, okay, this is my race kit and this is the period products that I'm using because this seems to happen every single time, but you know, PRs happen in every phase of the cycle. So, (laughs) um, I think it's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that and yeah, where can people find you and where can they find your book? Yeah, I'm on all social channels at Neely S Gracie. And my book is available on Amazon as well as uh, signed copies are available on my website, which is getrunningcoaching.com. Awesome. Yeah. And I really hope people go check out your book. And like you said too, you pull a lot of experts to really, you know, give more information on these topics. Like I know you had Starla Garcia as your dietitian, um, in the nutrition chapter. And I just, I totally loved it. So hopefully people go check that out. Um, And yes, now our end of the podcast question. So now you're back into racing. So this might be relevant, um, but you're about to cross the finish line of like, you know, a race that just went super well and you're finishing strong. What song would be playing at the end to kind of embody how you're feeling in that moment? (laughs) Well, it's funny. Um, So my name means champion. Um, it's Irish and it means champion. And so that was kind of like, whenever I, I was thinking about that, I was like, you know, probably like a song, like, um, you know, like a Rocky song or something like that about being a champion, um, would be pretty cool. Um, but honestly, like in the phase of life that I'm in, it would probably be more relatable that it would be like Coco Melon or something. (laughs) Um, because I'm pretty sure like, as soon as I cross the finish line, like my first thought is, okay, where are my kids and what's going on with them? Um, and so I would say Coco Melon would probably be like a little bit more applicable for, uh, the phase of life and the time that I'm in at the moment. (laughs) Oh my God. That's the best answer. Like either Rocky or Coco Melon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there is no in between. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that Neely meant champion in Irish. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I think a lot of moms will probably relate to that because they probably hear Coco Melon on repeat, um, <laughs> you know, in their minds at all times. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. This was really fun to chat with you. Yeah. Have a good day. You too. Neely, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You guys, I really hope you go and check out her book, Breakthrough Women's Running. I'm going to link it in the show notes so you can go check it out. It's it's really awesome. And I was reading it and I reference it all the time with my clients in sessions. So you guys should really go check it out. Um, I think it'll be really relatable. Well, if you're enjoying this podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving me a five-star rating and review, I would really, really appreciate it. Share it with a friend. And until next time, happy running. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.